Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Mr. Pibb, gun control, and lower back tattoos. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Tomorrow is brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is a low-cost automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. It works 24-7 to manage your portfolio, keeping it diversified, customized to your risk profile, and optimizing its trading behavior to keep your tax bill low, all without ever charging commissions. Whether you've got millions or you're just starting out, Wealthfront is the most sophisticated way to invest your money. To sign up and get your free personalized investment portfolio, go to wealthfront.com slash tomorrow. Are you a tech professional searching for a new company to share your tech skills with? Then you should check out Hired. Hired connects talent with top tech companies. On Hired, software engineers and designers get five-plus interview requests in a week. Each offer has salary and equity up front. They have full-time and contract opportunities. Users can view offers and accept or reject them before talking to any company. And they're working with over 2,500 companies from startups to large public companies. They also have employers from 12 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. And it's totally free for users. If you get a job through Hired, they'll give you a $2,000 thank you bonus. And there's a special, if you use our link, hired.com slash tomorrow podcast, to sign up, they'll double that bonus when you accept a job. So they'll double the $2,000 thank you bonus when you sign up at Hired.com slash Tomorrow Podcast. If you're not looking for a job and know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get $1,337 in a bonus when they accept the job. So what are you waiting for? Check out Hired.com slash Tomorrow Podcast right now. My guest today is uh, an old friend. Somebody I met in a very strange way and have followed since then. The comedian, the online personality, the uh, dynamic entertainer known as Sarah Schaefer. Hi. So, am I saying that right? Yes, Schaefer? you are. Okay, yeah, good. that sounds pretty I used that joke earlier when we weren't <laughs> recording and I thought – It gonna, really killed. I'm going to bring it. It was an amazing. Yeah. Anyhow, so Sarah, I mean do you actually identify yourself as a comedian? Yeah. You do? You say comedian first and foremost. Okay. Yeah. And then what, yeah. what after that do you usually say? Writer, mm-hmm. producer. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it. Yeah. Now I met a lot of things. I yeah. met you in a, an environment which, like, you certainly were being funny, <laughs> but like, it wasn't a comedian, no, a traditional was, comedian environment. No, we met yeah. when I was first on. Was it the first show? I don't remember how early it was, but very early when I was first very on beginning. late night, one of my first yeah. or second appearances or whatever. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Fallon's late night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were like one of the bloggers. Yeah, I ran all the. I was head. You were blogger. the head blogger. Yeah, right. I ran the whole. Like, and you would like you would like come. You would like be backstage, and you yeah. had like a camera. Mm-hmm. You would ask people questions. Yeah. Do you remember the first thing that you you asked me on camera? Do you remember our first conversation? No. Because you would like basically you just like came into the dressing room. Yeah, I would room. invade like it huge was, celebrities' privacy. Yeah, and I be like I, hi. <laughs> to me, I wasn't like how dare you because nobody ever. Like, yeah, bothered they to were invade my always privacy. prearranged. We always got permission ahead of time. It was. I mean, that was like the first late night show that really did stuff like that. So, yeah, they were for the internet. Yeah, right. And and it was in the beginning in those days. It was hard 
to convince even our own talent department to pitch these ideas really? to the bigger celebrities or even minor. Just it was like – you like there's this thing, the internet, it's very yeah, hot I mean, right it, now. Well, because they were like, we don't want to bother them. We don't want to bother them. Right. And, and right. luckily Jimmy proved to everyone that um, <laughs> this is important and yeah. it's content that people want. I mean it's sort of um, the basis for – I feel like that one of the biggest pieces of the success of – Everything that that show is doing and now that The Tonight Show does yeah. is like playing to the internet. It's yeah. essentially thinking about the internet first as like the first place where something's going to matter versus right. like on TV at 1130 or yeah. in this and case 1230. Yeah. We won Emmys for, for it. Yeah. That's you know, very like, that's <laughs> thrilling. No. So yeah. And so you were leading this thing and you would come in yeah. and you would – I'm trying to think of the conversation that we had. I don't uh, remember. I, f- I don't. I don't remember either. It was all. It, it was just. A, yeah, what kind of questions now. did you ask though? Like, can you think of questions you would ask people? Sometimes we would just do straight up interview, but I think we had like, we would get questions from Twitter, and oh, we yeah. would ask people like three questions from Twitter. I think we did some of those, but you got really bad questions from me. Like, you tweeted. Dave's yeah. like tech nerd Josh Pulse gonna be on the show. Like, what do you want to ask him? And like, they were all like people who followed me asking you questions. Like, what do you, really how much RAM do you think the next Samsung whatever will have? Yeah. It was like um, not good TV yeah. stuff. We would do, and we I don't remember. It's such uh, it was such a blur. Right. I mean, it really was a crazy. How, how long were you, how long were you there? A year and a half, but okay. it felt like. A decade. Yeah, I mean, just it felt like it felt like longer to me too. Maybe I was there two and a half years. No, I was there two and a half years. Yeah, um, okay, that sounds yeah. Right. Um, it was like an intense time to work there. The first year, I mean, everyone, if you have talked to anybody that worked at Fallon, if you were there the first year, it was like magic. I mean, it was just summer camp, a honeymoon. I'm like, well, summer camp, honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, it was sexual and wow. fun. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. There was so much fun going I didn't get the sexual aspect of it. It uh, depended on who you were. Some of the producers <laughs> were grabby there in were a way that I felt was. Were there? <laughs> I may have been of... one of those people. Really? Yeah, man. Wow. I was fresh off a divorce. Oh, yeah. I was like I want to talk throwing about myself yeah. into yeah. Uh, this job. And you, it do, was, you do. A, yeah. You talk about this in, on yeah. your album. You have an album called Chrysalis. Yes. Did I say that right? Am I mm-hmm. pronouncing that yes. right? Um, which which uh, I just recently listened to. It was like a bunch of people were talking about it when it came out, which was like uh, say, six yeah. months, a year ago. Well, this past March. Yeah. Okay. So six months, seven yeah. months. And, uh, and I have not – I was like – then I was like, wow, I should listen to this. Because you're, <laughs> well, I had planned you. to listen. I had planned on it, but I was just listening yeah. to it. And you do talk about getting divorced. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But. Uh, I don't know what the, yeah. why I diverted the conversation okay. to mention uh, that later on we would get to a topic. It's a teaser. Anyhow, so you were hooking up with a lot of people at, <laughs> no, at later. No, not a Can lot of people. Can you name names? Anybody no, famous? Hell no. Anybody famous? No, I'm not. No comment. <laughs> Is that a yes? <laughs> no comment. Jude Law. I'm was not, it Jude Law? It was, no, I wasn't hooking up with guests. So staff you members. <laughs> made love to Jude Law backstage during yeah. – I, I met Jude Law. It was one of my the highlights <laughs> of my life. He came into my dressing room. And he was like with his producer, and I forget who it was. Might have been Jim Javona, and maybe it been somebody else. And he's like, "We're going on a tour of the studio. Do you want to go?" Like, this is Jude Law talking to me. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." Yeah. And then we went on a tour of the backstage areas yeah, of, of the show. It's um, and it was great. It, in those days, it was. I mean, and, and I'm sure now too. But uh, but that's I can only speak to the beginning years. It's much more it, professional at this right. It's show. it's toned down. Everybody has their job. Everyone. It's I, you very. Know. It's very pro. Yeah, it's like, and I mean, it was we, definitely in the beginning. Crazy. It was really wild. You know, like there were every day was a new adventure. There were crazy things happening. Yeah. Now, now I'm sure working there, you know, it's like, oh, Mick Jagger's here, big whoop. That's, but at that's the exactly time, sure. 
anytime anything exciting happened, Neil Young coming on, uh, Jimmy doing some like hilarious new impression that no one had seen before. It was just every night was a discovery, and right. so it was it was a really special time to be there. It's also weird because I think that it's easy to forget now, mm-hmm. really easy to forget that like Jimmy for a lot of people was not this like really well liked. No, it wasn't a guarantee. I mean, this is like Like, a lot of people didn't like him on SNL. I mean, I remember a lot of my friends. I got made fun of by peers for working there. And I was like, you don't know. He's the guy who always breaks. Like, oh, I hate that guy. And then then, like he made some movies that weren't huge successes. And people were like, oh, this guy, what's going on with him? And then they're like, oh, he's going to be the host of this. And everybody's like, yeah, right. I mean, there was a lot of that for sure. Yeah, a lot of people had to eat crow on that one. I actually, when I met him, uh, which was not, which was at, like in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. <laughs> I had only my only knowledge of him was like what he'd done on SNL and like Taxi. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so it was like I was like, oh, this guy's actually kind of cool and smart and totally different and super like yeah. warm in a way that I was not expecting. Yeah. And I think that like obviously yeah, he turned made out it to be... really. I mean, he really made everyone feel so included, and it was interesting because he was already famous. You know, so right. everybody was like scared in a way, like, yeah. what's he going to be like? And, you know, but he was just that he is that person, you know, the nice, fun um, and loves music, super talented. And it just it it worked, yeah. you know. So you there for so you there for two and a half years. Yeah. And then you left to do what? To write for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, some people were confused by that move for I'm, me. But I'm confused. I, I'm confused. I really wanted to be a writer. Right. And, Big, huge mistake. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, Fallon, you know, and this isn't a, a criticism of any particular thing there, but this just happens naturally in many jobs, is once they see you in the position that you're in, mm-hmm. they can't see you as anything else. Yeah. And I really wanted to be a writer there, but it just never happened. Right. And I got to submit, but it, it, I, now, I always got beat out by the shiny new thing. Right. You know, like I, they knew they knew me. You're they like, like, they're like, she's here. Like, they just she's saw me as anywhere. the blogger. And meanwhile, right. I'm, I had been a stand-up for a long time. And, and that's okay. They, they, they didn't, you know, they, right. I don't blame them for that at right. all. But right. um, I got an opportunity to submit to write for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And at first I was like, no, that's stupid. And then, is this like, is this with, wait, now was Regis the host? No, Meredith was the this host is post, at the time. Yeah. But Regis was at one point the host of Who Yes, Wants to be. he was the original American host. By that he's a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was the host in England, like Piers Morgan or something. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, I ended up getting the job and it was Writers Guild and um, it was great hours and great money and, and it got me out of, because, you know, late night was a it became such a grind too because right. it was so much work. It was I had so much on my plate. It was out of control. I was right. working twelve to fourteen hours a day. Would go do stand up at night. Go home and do more work. God, go to bed. Right. Get up. Be at one of the first people at the office. And it was just really brutal. And, and I, I needed like, a change. And it's like what's the what's the what, in that scenario? The reality is like, and this is not a knock on what you guys did, but like. The stuff that was important for the – that people were really paying attention to was like the stuff that was made for TV that then went back to the web. Yeah. And it was like – it's very hard to see how you – there's a progression of like being the blogger there and that being like equally important or like also focused right. on and invested in. In the beginning, they were really – they were really inclusive of us and we were part of the writers meetings and, and we were – we were allowed to pitch ideas for the show and, and we were doing creative projects on our own online. Right. 
Um, oh, so it was, it was it's very creative, yeah. yeah. But it, it, I think it just started to evolve into more of a utility for the show to promote. And and the internet was changing. You know, right. gifts became like yeah. a thing towards the end of my time. Now it's like yeah. gifts are part of like spreading, you know, your content. Like yeah. it's crazy yeah. how simplified it has become. Yeah. In some ways, and um, on my way out, it was becoming more like this is not this is a social media management right job. It's not like creating new right content and and there's creativity that goes into that. And yeah. I've seen the stuff that they have done, and I'm like, I see what you're doing. I yeah. love that. They're pretty know? good Tumblr. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and and I'm glad at it. I remember we when we started the Tumblr, it there was like whatever, just start it. Like and we were like, <laughs> and now for, like, I think for a lot of people that was the case yeah, with Tumblr. Yeah, like so, you got to have a Tumblr. Yeah, then, and yeah. and so I think you know it's always evolving, and um, and I think they they know now to tell people who hire get hired for that job, like you know you're not going to be a writer on the show, right? Like don't expect that. It might right. think it could happen, but yeah. it's not like a natural progression. So Did you you were in a couple of like sketches, if I recall. Yeah, I, like, the, yeah, that was like you, you know like, you'd be walk, I'd walk into work and they'd be like. Mike Shoemaker would come up to me and be like, hey, do you – are you busy today? And I'd be like – I would always say no right. even though I was so busy right? because I knew that that meant it was something cool right. coming yeah, um, or something stupid. Like can yeah. you take pictures of the balloons we're going to put in Jimmy's office? Like, we were, we were. Um, Why were there they balloons? would just do stuff like you know we we became the sort of historians of the show as well. They, you know they get the bloggers down here to videotape this. Oh yeah, thing, you know well, you had a camera anyhow. Yeah, yeah. You're walking around with the flip cam. Yeah, the flip cam. Yeah, the, um, which nobody uses anymore. Yeah. I think they went out of business. Actually, yeah. I'm not kidding. I, think I flip know. Cam. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually, so funny. They were like quickly. bought and then like <laughs> yeah. they killed the product altogether. So um, he like came up to me. He's like, um, we want you to be in the like Lonely Island is going to perform on the show tonight. We want you to be in it. It's the Lazy Sunday performance, and I was like, oh, "What? Yeah, what were you in the Lazy Sunday performance?" Um, I got Mister Pib thrown in my face. Um, <laughs> That's it was the so Bodega great. Clerk. That's so good. Um, and it was it was funny because um, we rehearsed it without the Mister Pib like actually going it was on. Like, me. This is going to happen. Dry thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't have to clean it up. Oh. So we didn't anticipate what was going to happen, which was, and I didn't anticipate like they gave me an outfit to wear for it. But I didn't think about my underwear. Outfit. I didn't think about my underwear getting soaked. Oh, really? They really <laughs> and, got you. With I was the like, Mr. I should have free. How much, Mister? How much, Mister? It Pib? was probably a like big a two gold liter. Oh, yeah, okay, it was like a, a lot, and and it was. I didn't anticipate how cold it would be, and yeah. those floors are so shiny. Yeah, and I almost fell. Yeah, you should have. That like, would have been whoop, it. Whoop, whoop, like, like you, trying to get off when they were like, "Okay, go, go, go," and I, I, I almost fell. You should have. You should have injured yourself just so you could have collected whatever NBC would have <laughs> yeah. paid out well, to make you to make probably, that whole problem go away. Probably fifty dollars. No, um, you could have sued them for like you know yeah. reckless endangerment or something. Um, uh, I got to yeah, go back awesome. and look at that. Yeah. I got to see because that's the moment where you realize you're extremely wet and now you're in ex- hi- a yeah. hyper, like hyper dangerous situation. Yeah, like. <laughs> so you went to uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. How long were you there? Um, I was only there for one season. So I'm just collecting information yeah. here about you. One season. But so what was that? So do you remember any things that you had to write? Like you must have had to do a lot of research, um, right? Well, it was, an, it was a really weird job that somehow I had a knack for. I wrote questions for the show. Yeah. And the way they did it was – you can't ask a question that's already been asked, and they have this massive database mm-hmm. that they use. Mm-hmm. And I came in at a time when I think the show had been on for a really long time, maybe ten years. Mm-hmm. And it was that the point database it was like a, it was like a daytime like, show at that point. Yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, so that's just crazy. So it's like a hundred thousand questions in this database already asked. And 
even if they haven't been asked yet, they're in there. You know, like they've mm-hmm. got it all organized and mm-hmm. marked and whatever. Right. Um, it was very complex. I was like, whoever invented this software, I hope they got paid a lot of money. Right. So I would like come up with a question. <laughs> I'm sorry. That software has like one use though. It's like I know. the well, questions database for who wants to be a millionaire. It felt like – have you ever used like um, – I can't remember the name of it. Access or something. Like it's a database – program and a window pops up. I probably shouldn't. I'm probably not allowed to tell yeah, you about fine. this. We'll edit that out. We'll believe uh, it. <laughs> um, it wasn't access, but it was, it's like a database entry program. Right. And there was all these fields you had to fill in. And, right. You know. Um, could you, you had to like search though. Like could you just search you had to by search, subject? Yeah. You could search keyword. You could search. It was okay. very robust. Oh, um, interesting. So I would search and be like, think, oh, I've come up with a question. Yeah. And I would think there's no way this is already Can in Can you there. give me an example of a question you I, would, I can't. I'm actually not allowed Contractually, to say any of the questions because I don't know which one I didn't follow. Like which ones have been asked yet? So if it's in there and it oh, hasn't really? been asked on the show yet, I can't ask. So I can't you can't talk about it. any of the questions. I wish I could because there's one that I'm so I was good at the the easy questions mm-hmm. and they're actually harder to write because it's there's so few left to ask. And there's one that um, you were going to say. There's one what? There's one I wrote a million dollar question that I was really proud of. What do you mean? It's um, like it's like you think the value of it is a million dollars, or they would only ask it for the. It's million four dollar. million dollars, but the show is different now. I mean, I don't even it, the show. They scramble. What was? Can you give me the area of what art. topic? Is I was good art? at. They had me on art uh-huh. a lot. Because what time? Like modern art? I'm not. No. Just, See, you don't well, have, you're not here, here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. And this is, I think, what got me hired is um, they wanted questions that combined two areas of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So um, an example I would give would be like if – and this is a very rudimentary version. But like if you mixed – what two colors would you have to mix together to get the color of Barney? So you know so how that com- – that uh, you have to ha- I think know, I know two I think pieces. I know the answer to this. Can I, can I answer it? <laughs> yes. Brown. <laughs> Wait, no. Brown and – and and like a dark gray. No, Barney's you're like, being stupid, right? Barney's like, <laughs> Barney's like a drab. No, Barney's purple. He's like a washed out. He's purple. Yeah, I know he's purple. Okay, I was everybody like, knows Barney's purple. I was like, wait, Actually, what, what color? Red seriously? and blue. Red and blue, yeah. right? Yeah. So that uh, requires. I killed. I could have killed it. Who so that requires two pieces of knowledge. They have yeah. to know what color yeah. Barney is, and you have to know. So those types. So of like questions. geography and history. Yeah. Or so whatever. my million dollar question combined pop culture and art, and uh, I was very proud of it. Uh, but um, was it about? Was it about? Um, was it Andy Warhol? Uh, no. Was Andy Warhol no, but that's the other thing about art is that when I learned what I learned is that the challenge of writing questions for that show was it's a TV show and it's all about the audience playing along in their mind. Right. So you can't make the questions so too hard or too obscure. Right. And so um, right. everything has nobody to nobody would be able to help. Right. Everything has to be in a lane uh, of mainstream. See, this sounds really exciting so to me. Like to ch- it, what a challenge. It, it was a grind after a while. But yeah. but it was a great it was a grind on the days where you – because we had a quota, like 10 to 12 questions a day, which doesn't sound like much. Right. But when you're faced with so many con- restrictions, it was very ch- – there would be like 4 o'clock and I'd only have written two questions and I'd be like, fuck! Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Oh, my God. That sounds intense. Also, like yeah. intense but also like mind-numbing to a And point. there were people there that had been there for like – 10 years who like I'd come into work and they would be like with their legs their feet up reading the newspaper they'd already written their questions because they were just so good at it oh my god <laughs> so like, that sounds like when the job gets awesome yeah I no, mean maybe you, I or mean, it gets boring right. I don't know like, I mean and you make great money and you get residuals and yeah. you know but um so do you yeah. get so wait do you get like do you have like 
if they if you they replay the episode where a question of yours is asked, you get something for that. Like yeah. you make money off of that. Yeah, really. Well, it's just any any episode that I technically wrote on. Oh, really? How many but episodes is that? I think it was like five episodes a week for, and that was the show. The new episodes would air for a three month season. Okay, so, I mean it was a lot. It's a lot of shows. But I my residuals, I got residuals for two years, and then they and then they end. I haven't gotten anything, but I don't oh, know so, why. So you can't know. live off of your residuals no. from who wants. <laughs> but it was a it. good amount of money where I was like. I got home from a really long vacation, Christmas, like family vacation type situation last year. And I got this envelope. I had all this mail. I had been gone for a really long time. And I was going through all the mail. And I thought it was like – because you get all this stuff from Writers Guild, like informational stuff. And right. Like, and it was this envelope that I thought was like the annual report or some crap. And I just sort of put it to the end and I finally opened it. Like oh, you a couple thought it was just later. like, hey, we won't yeah, let you know. It was we're, thick. It yeah. felt like an annual report or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, or your like health plan. Yeah. I opened it and it was like literally like 200 checks. Oh my god! The tiny amounts, but when I add, and I yeah. was like so excited adding, I was yeah. created a spreadsheet. This, to happened, add this happened to me <laughs> once. Uh, my brother and I had a song that was licensed for a commercial, and we got like six months after it aired or something, we got a package like that. Yeah, and it was like the craziest because there were so many little checks. Yeah, and you had to like compile them, and we were sitting there like neither one of us are. It's like math. counting change. You're like, how yeah. much is it gonna? Yeah, be? I'm like, I go to this number, and then you have to like pass them over and see if yeah. like your math checks out. I guess now I, that I think about it, you could have just handed those off to an accountant or something. But right. at the time, I wasn't that. That yeah, I just wanted smart. to know how much it was going to be. Yeah, sure. So I was like, but, but that didn't. Yeah. That is not carried. That's not just that you can't just live on that. No, I mean, I burn through money pretty quick. Do you? <laughs> what do you spend money on? I'm a I'm a spender. Like I, when I have it, like I you're, spend are you it. bad at with you're bad with money? Oh yeah, I oh, so am I. I was in horrible debt before I got the um my TV show. Yeah. So I. Yeah. Uh, the TV show saved me. What a great segue! Yeah, actually, let's take it. I want to take it. Let's take a quick break. Okay, and then we're going to come back and All I want right. to talk about your TV show, right. and then we're going to talk about other things, darker, darker Good. things. Okay. Have you heard of Schoolhouse? Schoolhouse is a New York-based and globally inspired brand design agency. When subjective experiences challenge you as an individual, dare you to take creative risks and ask individuals to define the collective versus the collective defining the individual, life and experience serve as your schoolhouse. This is why Schoolhouse is about finding your brand truth and not just your brand story. At Schoolhouse, it's not only what they do, it's how they do it that makes the biggest impact. Authenticity, collaboration, and expression keep Schoolhouse sharp, excited, and honest about the work they do. They know the value of client relationships based on quality and trust. They're Schoolhouse, the branding brand. Learn more at www.weareschoolhouse.com and follow them daily through Instagram at at schoolhouseNYC. Again, to find out more, go to weareschoolhouse.com today. Look, you know you should be investing your money for the long term and you've probably wondered how you should do it. Maybe like me, you've even made some desperate, uh, sad attempts to invest on your own. Uh, Perhaps you, like me, have driven your family into the poorhouse. You know, doing it yourself is not the way to do it. It's complex, it's time-consuming, and let's be honest, you really don't know how. Luckily, Wealthfront makes it easy for anyone to get access to world-class long-term investment management. It's an online automated service that invests your money for you. You can sign up for an account at Wealthfront.com in just a couple of minutes, and it goes right to work monitoring your portfolios around the clock and taking action as soon as an opportunity arises. With Wealthfront, you pay less than 5 bucks a month to invest a $30,000 account, and you don't have to have much to get started either. You can open an account with as little as $500. 
Tens of thousands of people across the country have signed up already. In fact, Wealthfront manages over $2.6 billion in client assets, and it's grown over 20 times in the past two years. Go to Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow to see your free personalized investment portfolio. You'll see the customized allocation they recommend for your profile. And just for tomorrow listeners, if you sign up to invest, Wealthfront will manage your first 15 grand entirely free of charge for life. That means in addition to never paying commissions or any hidden fees, you also won't pay any management fees to have that first 15000 invested. Claim your offer today at Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow. For compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in security involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Okay, we're back with Sarah Schaefer. So then after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, yeah. you had a sh- – is this the next thing that happened? You did a show yeah, for MTV? I, I, yeah. I During the time I was working at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Now, meanwhile, like over this time, I had started a podcast with a comedian named Nikki Glazer. Mm-hmm. And um, we were getting a little bit of uh, – building an audience with mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the podcast was called – uh, you had to be there. You had to be there, right? And it was just and me and Nikki like talking. Yeah, just yeah. talking about our lives. We didn't know each other. We were getting to know each other on the podcast, oh, so now, essentially. Okay, so I didn't know that. I thought yeah. you guys were like old friends. No, we had just met and we like drunkenly at a party were like, let's start a podcast. Wow. And then we actually did it. Did you use that voice when you suggested it? Yeah, I think we were. It was okay, a really loud. Drunk. I remember it was a party that was like in an apartment in New York. Like, you know, those parties in New York in people's apartments can be horrible yeah. if they invite too many people. Sure, you're because just nobody like, has any Room. Yeah, and it's too loud, and, and it's hot. It gets very yes, humid. Yes, it was hot. <laughs> it's always very humid. That's yeah. my memory. Just a sweat box. But yeah, we um, we started a podcast, and I was at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and I had started working on an idea for a talk show, just knowing that it was probably impossible. It felt impossible for someone like me at that time because I had had very little TV. Mm-hmm experience as a comedian like I had never done a set on TV I had never been in a role in anything memorable on TV but I had right. built well, a Well that Mr. Pib uh, <laughs> Yeah the, the little, <laughs> Mr. Pib thing you know um <laughs> and and so but I want, I was putting it together just to kind of see if it could maybe right come to fruition somehow be a, be a thing um and I had a very well somewhat similar experience but not as the same but Yeah but well, a, but a it's like you think it's a long shot and you're like, well, maybe I should just do it just to practice. Or, right. Right. you know, you think, uh, why not just try? You know, th- that was sort of my attitude at the time. And I started kind of putting together the idea. And um, Nikki at the time was getting very close to booking a gig as a co-host of a, of a talk show that mm. would be like a syndicated thing. Right. And it was uh, it was pretty high profile, and like she really thought she was going to get it, and she found out at my apartment that she didn't get it. We were about to record an episode of our podcast, and oh. she got the call, and I could see her in my back. I had a little garden apartment, and I could see her in the backyard, like her body language. <laughs> she, like she really she thought crumpled. she had gotten the job. She was like, "Oh uh, my god, they're calling!" And I was uh, like, "Like, like, like, this is <laughs> yeah. it." Oh my god! Like I could uh, see her like slump. That's the and I was fucking like, worst. Oh, no, it's not just the. It's not just <laughs> yeah. like like oh, it started the trend down or whatever. Yeah, I know. It's like oh, this is the call where they're going to confirm. Yeah, oh, and what a she nightmare. was really sad, obviously. And we had this very emotional moment in my kitchen, and I said, you know what? Like this is somehow going to be 
good, you know, and you'll look back and be like, thank God I didn't get that job. And she kind of was like, we should pitch a show. Like it was just this angry reaction. And I was like, oh, wait, what have I been doing this whole time working on a show idea that doesn't include her? We have such great chemistry. Right. And you're doing a show. Yeah. You already have a show. We have something that we built, a a foundation. We've got press for it. We've got – I was like, what am I thinking? And so – because um, my managers had just told me that every network executive would go, "Why you?" <laughs> right? Maybe not something to say. I love to the client. shit. I love the shit that people say <laughs> that, that people say to you when you're doing anything. Yeah. That they're like not that familiar with. Yeah. They're, I mean, in the sense of like, they're. I'm sure it was, they were thinking the same thing. Like, why you and not these ten other clients? Or right. Whatever. Or this more famous person or whatever. Yes, and, of course. And, I, and then I thought, I know why. I, I know how to answer that question now because it's us and right. we have a track record. It's like it's like, and I. By the way, I'm I'm I at various intervals of my life have dealt with these exact same questions. And like, whenever you're doing something new, and if it's something that people are somewhat familiar with, but like they can't understand why you right. would do if you it, you don't fit the like, mold of whoever like, has done like, it in the it's past. It's like the same arguments. Like it's like why make another pop song or something? It's like well, like somebody's going to make a pop song you haven't heard before. Yeah. And you can be like, well, that's a really catchy yeah. song, and like it's not always going to be the same person. Like right. some DJ Snake is going to do turn down for what, and you're going to be like, oh my god. Well, that happens in TV all the time. Like, anytime you come up with a, a, an idea, someone goes, well, like, imagine if when they came up with Breaking Bad, they had been told, well, weeds. Right. They already did a show like that. <laughs> right. It's a totally but different what's show. Weird, what's weird about Hollywood <laughs> is it does both things where it's like, we'll do the thing where it's like, oh, you did this. Nobody else can do this now. This has already been taken care of. But then on the flip side, they'll also be like, repeat. oh, you're doing like a Truman Capote movie? We are also doing a Truman yeah. Capote movie. And it's like. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was already working on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, it's, I, I've yeah. had some experience with that. But anyhow, go ahead. on But yeah, so we, we um, started working on the idea together and we got a couple of pitch meetings and we thought, I, I think everybody thought like this is just practice like no one's actually gonna like right. give us this opportunity <laughs> right because nikki and i mean nikki it's a good attitude to have. was very very up and coming in the stand-up world and and um we were both like at a place where we weren't a shoe-in for something like this right. like it wasn't like an obvious like right there's so many like if you're and this is too inside but like in comedy like you know where everyone is at mm-hmm. their, in their career. And really? It's like, ooh, they're about to hit, you oh. know? Or, oh, of course they gave it to that person because she's so hot right now. You could tell me. So you could tell me right now who's the next comedian that's going to be the breakout. No. The next Amy Schumer. Unfortunately, with female comics, it's like this idea of one at a time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which is incredibly of frustrating. Course. You know, people can't. They're like, I don't know. The Get laws, in line, ladies. They all look the same to me. The new queen of comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why is there I'm one? So, no, I, I'm sorry. I don't, you know. But you know what's weird? This is going back to the thing we were just talking about. Like there was a period, I think it was like a year ago, maybe six months ago, where there was like Madam Secretary and like some other lady president show and then like another. And it was like all of a sudden people were like, hey, why don't we make a show about like female presidents or like (laughs) women in power or whatever. And so it's like you think they could apply the same concept to other things. Like there could be more than one female comedian that breaks out at any rate. You'll see people say like, well, it's women are killing it right now. They're crushing it. Women are crushing it. It's like. But that's still – I mean they just put out a study of how it's gotten worse. Has it? Yes. That, that Since the 80s, that the amount of female roles on TV have 
declined the amount of jobs for female directors. You know, it's 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 but not. That's better. probably better. That's because women are crushing it in so many other places. They don't even have time to do TV anymore. That's what people say, and that annoys me. No, I'm me joking. Too. I'm, that's a joke. I'm sure it's because of um, sexism. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, institutional sexism <laughs> institutional. is probably more likely yeah. the reason yeah. that's happening. So um, anyhow, so you're t- you're going so to these pitch go, meetings. We pitch MTV. Um, oh, we also like made a viral video, mm-hmm. um, which. You know, Did I see this video? It was about Justin Timberlake. It was black. Oh and yeah. White. Oh yes. Yeah. We made a video about it was Justin very hot. Timberlake. Very hot. And I. It was. It was. The... I told Nikki. I was like, I had the. Well, we were talking about Justin Timberlake, and then I'm the one that kind of was like, wait, what if we do a PSA about him wanting to make music again? And then we like wrote it overnight, shot it right away, and we ended up holding it. And not putting it on. I had a feeling. This was when I was at peak, like, social media savviness. Like, I was like, Nikki, I have a feeling this video is going to go viral. I can tell. And so when did you hold it until? We hold it until a week before our pitch meetings. So that when we went in the pitch meeting. They're like, yeah, I saw that that Timberlake video. And he tweeted it. No. It got to him and he tweeted it. It's part of why we got the show. Wow. Um, so and you had him. You were on. You had him on the show, right? We or you were had surprised. A thing where, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. They surprised us and okay. we met him and it was one of the best. Anyhow, but I remember that video. I think a lot of people saw it. Yeah. So we pitched it. MTV wanted it. We developed it and we shot a, a little presentation real like it's a yeah. pilot but shorter yeah. pilot but um, was last Monday yeah yeah um and <laughs> we waited for a really long time to find out if it got picked up or not and we found out and it was I could I just sometimes I look back I'm like I still don't believe that that happened right and we had two seasons and it was a really amazing experience was it the show you wanted to make um not quite because it was for MTV, which I didn't know until I got in there just how young their audience is, yeah. like really young. It's, not, I'm, like, I'm it's like, not the MTV that, that you know probably from your youth or that I know from no, my youth. No, but it is the same in that, and this is a misconception, is that MTV is hasn't changed in that it has always catered to teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like – and so if you don't see something on there that you recognize anymore, it's because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, but it's not just that. It caters in a different way, though, now. I think it's Well, changed. I think they've gone a little too far with the market research. But, but, but when but, I but, say it wasn't the show I wanted, we ended up making a show that I thought was very funny. And we maintained our voice. We had, But we had to fight. Right. Like every inch right. was a battle right. of like getting the show we wanted on. And they kept making us change it. Like from week to week, the format changed. You know, big things were being changed. Like, like when they told us that they were giving us the show, which is like one of the greatest moments of my life. They also were like, "And are you sitting down?" I'm like, "What?" They're like, good. "It's gonna be live," and and that isn't the show we pitched, right? But and all of a sudden, I do they, like that idea, but it's hard. It to was do hard, live. and and second season wasn't live, and then that created all these other problems, and like it, it just um, it wasn't live in the name of the show. Yeah, Nikki and Sarah live, and season two wasn't live, but we were pretending it was live. Oh, no, we weren't. We weren't shouting it right, out, you right? Right, but um, still, it was like part. And of they the, just you know. they changed it constantly, and they were the notes they gave were um, just very detailed, and I thought that that was I didn't know at the time because I'd never had my own show before how extreme their control over everything was. I mean, yeah. down to like what we wore and really? our hair, and really? the, yeah. And um, interesting. I, I think I feel like 
when I've when I watch it, and I did watch a bit of it, like mm-hmm. when you guys started. If anybody had known you or known like what you'd done previously, and I, not that I knew you that well, but I kind of followed. It was a little I kind of followed your thing. Yeah. It was like I was like, this doesn't seem exactly like the Sarah that I think yeah. is like the true, like the really funny, irreverent. I, I, it was sort a of, little. Um, I don't want to say dumbed down because I never – I don't think we ever did anything on the show that I was like, this is so stupid and not funny. Right. But I thought it wasn't as – it was just wasn't in as in my lane. Yeah. And as the stuff I'm doing now is like me 100 percent, you know? Right. I had – you know, I did a pilot for FX mm-hmm. for a late night show. Yeah. And um, I have a really good story about this actually. Like the timing of it is kind of amazing. So we've been doing stuff on The Verge. Like I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever paid attention. Yeah. But like, you know, we did like – we actually did like a talk show thing called On The Verge that like a lot of people seem to like. And we're like, well, why isn't somebody doing – like talking more about like things like net neutrality or online harassment or mm-hmm. whatever? You know, which now by the way like everybody talks about. Yeah. And so we're like, why isn't there like a show that's like every day or even once a week where somebody like talks about the stuff but does it in a funny way and does it in a smart mm-hmm. way? So anyhow, so we pitched this thing and FX really liked it and they were like, oh, you should – you should do it. Like, and they gave us money to do a presentation, mm-hmm. which was a cheap pilot. But um, I, I had, I was working with somebody on it, and like, I realized really quickly, like, a showrunner that didn't ultimately work out. But I really, we're really quickly like, there's like a TV way of thinking about things, mm-hmm. and there's like a TV way of like delivering things, yeah. and it's not at all how I talk or think. It's like landing punchlines yeah. instead of a conversational kind of humor. And I think yeah. that for you, and like just having listened to your standup. It's not just landing punchline kind of humor. It's much more conversational, much more sort of train of thought. And so, like, I can see where those would clash. But also, I don't know. I feel like what works best is what is if people are talented, you let them be how they are. Now that seems increasingly clear to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Trying to fit somebody into, like, the punchline mold doesn't work. The game of trying to sell a show, I'm now realizing, is this dance of, like, uh, just let me show you. And, and then they give you a presentation and you show them, but it's so limited right. in the budget that you can't really show them. Right. And also so everything you're like, is like – So you're like, now let me – now and you it's all see like, the and potential. It's, and it's all focused you know? on that one moment. They were – I remember when we were in the midst of it and FX was like, we know it. We love, we love what you're doing. We don't care. We don't really have any notes. I'm like, what about guests? Like do you want to have like a big guest or somebody who's a celebrity or do you care? And they're like, we don't care. It's just about you having conversations with people. That's what we're interested in, in seeing. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, cool. So I mm-hmm. – Got this guy Josh Berman, who's this who wrote he wrote the story for Argo that was in Wired, and he he just did this big thing. And Wired's like a he's a writer, yeah, but a really interesting guy. He was on NPR on This American Life. There was mm-hmm. like an episode. Anyway, he's a really interesting guy. And then they were like, ah, uh, are you not you're not going to get somebody who's like uh, you're not going to get like a, I'm like you said you didn't fucking care. Well, right. So I booked no, somebody that I thought I'd be have a good conversation with. They it's they were great, but yeah, I'm just saying you know, right. it's always no, like that. I, now that I've worked with other networks, I'm like okay. MTV has a way of doing things and the thing is that they do well is that they do understand their audience. They're very in touch with them Um, and things that they would tell us were cool are now everything. People – you know, I would be like, who the fuck is that? Iggy Azalea. Mm. We'd be like, who is that? Really? <laughs> and now she's like massive. Well, now she's dead. She's over. Well, right. She kind of screwed it up. But um, there were – such so many positive things about that experience that you know I don't want to sound like I'm I'm ne- you know being negative about MTV but it was such a great gauntlet to go through right and an opportunity that I never I really part of me had given up on the dream right and then they let up me have it for a little while and it was 
it was amazing. But what's what's weird is, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are talking about this. There was this, um, what was it, Vanity Fair did the yeah. piece on late night hosts. Yeah. And it's all guys. That made me so mad. And it's all, and it's like, and I know there's some diversity. Like, it's not like it's a non, it's not like there isn't some diversity in that group now. But yeah. there's there's no women. And it, there is like the, the degrees of diversity seem like relatively minor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's what I was going to say, yeah. actually. Speaking of, um, so W. Kamau Bell had a show yeah. on FX, which was like a really, yeah, I felt he, like, He was really at the different. same time as our show. Yeah, and so. There were four or five late night cable shows th- that year, 2013. Yeah. That all got canceled. Well, so my, so here's what's really fun <laughs> about my pilot. Oh, yeah. Is we were d- working and we ended up, FX was like, you can use his crew and like they're all they'll be psyched to do this we'll do it on a Saturday or something mm-hmm. so we ended up like using his studio his crew everything That's and then great. and then the day before we taped they canceled his show oh. and so when we went in to do my pilot everybody was like really would love for this to happen like all the people who had been working yeah. on that show they really loved this but it was like the vibe was terrible because they had canceled Russell Brand's show then they canceled his show and I was like oh they're not really even doing and then night. after that I heard uh, you know, who knows if this is true or not, but that I heard they don't want to mess with late night That's for exactly. a very long time. That is that is basically – they basically were <laughs> yeah. like – actually – They'll I get think, back to it. Everybody goes back to it eventually. Well, they can but. call me. But I do think <laughs> But I do think they were actually like, – when they were like, we're not going to pick it up, it was like we really aren't doing this stuff now. And yeah. like if we're going to make an investment, it has to be like – a slam dunk, no questions asked. But that asked. doesn't, that's impossible. Yeah, I know. You know the like show the, would have been fucking great. The Daily Show and Conan were not slam dunks. Like, hey, that's what I know, said. Like they that, wouldn't listen, Sarah. But they just won't let people. What's really galling is like know. everybody's like talking about every, all of like the biggest breakouts from like these shows that are about real things now are like net neutrality, which nobody was fucking talking <laughs> about. And like we would have definitely yeah. been talking about or like Gamergate, which took, you know, Colbert like six weeks or John Stewart or whoever, yeah. six weeks of total madness on the internet to have to say one word about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, like that's actually the stuff that to people in my generation and your generation right. like is, is the topic of the day. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm not bitter. It's fine. It's cool. You know, I've gotten <laughs> over it. But what I have realized is like you kind of have to do at this point, the, the barriers, there is some prestige to being on television. Yeah. But like, Honestly, you can do a lot of shit that isn't on television, and there's like a much bigger audience and much bigger and there's potential. Money. Yeah, and there, yeah. now there is. Yeah, kind of like do it yourself, and like if TV really loves it and wants it, like yeah. they'll come and let you know. So tell me what you're working mm-hmm. on now. I just completed a pilot presentation Ooh. for IFC, ah. um, which was a news satire program, but instead of the Daily Show, which which refers to cable news and in terms of what the format is right. and. This is more of a news magazine, so like 60 Minutes or okay. Dateline, and it's an ensemble. Uh, I wanted it to be all female correspondents, but we had to put a man in there. Uh, just one man? Uh, just one man, a token male. Okay. And, wow, that's um, the, that's a big so, change, though. Yeah, yeah. Would have been a token yeah. woman a few years ago. Yeah. So that's and cool. um, I'm really, really excited about it. Does it have it. a name? Can you talk um, about the name? Yeah. It's uh, 1,320 seconds, which is how many seconds there are in 22 minutes. So is it, like, so is it like Onion? Is it like Onion in the sense that no. like, the stories aren't real? or is it like... it's, it's satire, so it's real. Okay. So like one of the topics we tackled for the presentation was rape culture mm-hmm. and specifically um, people of uh, celebrities – Celebrity rape scandals. Like we, we don't. The show wouldn't. So what is a celebrity rape scandal? Bill oh, you mean Cosby. like? Oh, oh um, okay. so like. Well, <laughs> Sorry, right? That makes the sense. The reason I came at it that way is okay. because I'm. I've been so deep in this project. So the reason I said it like that was because the show would be evergreen, meaning we would be covering overarching 
zeitgeisty topics right. as opposed to responding to news that week. Right. So, Which is very challenging and very has very short shelf life. Yeah. So this would be stuff that would respond to overarching topics. Like instead of talking about something that happens in the Bill Cosby scandal, we did a piece about women who accuse celebrities of rape and the myth that they are doing it to get rich. Mm-hmm. And I really went at it in a very literal way. Like, and I talked to career counselors, like, how do I, how many people do I have to accuse? It sounds very uncomfortable. It was a really strong. <laughs> like, that sounds like a really fucking uncomfortable conversation. It, it was. Um, I was really nervous about it. But yeah. we we worked with people that were, like, chill. And I didn't, we didn't tell them, you know, it was important to me to not do a prank show, right, um, or something that was so we like didn't that. Pop out at the end, of yeah. The and day. I'm not there to make. I'm the dumb one, like right. in the in the piece, right. like right. Was, you know. And I, I, you know, we would talk to the person ahead of time, like, look, this is comedy. I'm gonna say crazy stuff. I just want you to react, literally as you would really react, right? You know, and feel free to correct me and educate me, and yeah. and it worked really well, and we got some great reactions from people. So can um, you get can you get rich? from that in, no. that in that way well that's the whole that was the whole like just pointing well, we, did, we did we attacked it from a bunch of different angles and i think that's the type of show i want to do where we investigate a topic right um but so there's also some and, like realness to it it's not like you're just doing it for comedy oh yeah like, it's, it's a point there's a point making a point um, which i think is very cool and and we had silly stuff in it too i think um it, it would be a great show for IFC. I have no idea if they're going to pick it up. So you you just finished it. They have it now. They, they have it now. I think it's we're maybe a month away from finding out. Okay. Um, and I know that this show is needed. And like the Vanity Fair picture alone was like, yeah. It actually scared me when I saw that picture because it's not oh the old boys club. These are new shows. Right. These are shows that have come on the air in the past few years. A like, bunch of them. Some of them haven't even started airing yet but yeah. yet Samantha B wasn't in it okay yeah. um yeah. why is no no offense to Trevor Noah but he's not a titan of late night his show hadn't even started at, i mean that's how they well, described them i mean the, the but, um, is very he's got he very might good publicist very good but, publicist yeah exactly so i i think well um, he's taking over but he's taking over for like a show yeah that, that is, he was the stand in for John Stewart in a way in that yeah, picture he yeah. was the legacy of it but um and i understand their choice of putting him in there but it scared me because it made me nervous about um, all it would take is some high up guy right. or woman yeah. at at AMC Networks to be slight – not hate women, to be slightly afraid of female content to ruin my chances of having this right. show on the air. Right. Um, and I think that, that that scares me and I – because I've encountered that fear in the most in the tiniest ways every step of my career. Right. I mean just the little things they'll say when you you know you pitch a show and the feedback you get is it's too female. <laughs> well what does that mean? You know or like how is this going to appeal to our male audience? Yeah. Well, I've been watching all male content mostly. Yeah. My entire well, that, life Sarah, and I've enjoyed it, it. That's because it's superior. I mean it's just better <laughs> just better yeah, content. Just I don't understand smarter. what you don't understand about that. Male <laughs> uh, content is empirically better. <laughs> I want to say the, the word fact. content more. Yeah, content's the uh, best. It's the best <laughs> word. It's so cool. It turns 
<laughs> things. It turns like actual pieces of art into a commodity. Yeah, ga- garbage. Yeah. It's like, like, what it, can we do with? Oh, look, you you uh, made something. You put your heart and soul <laughs> into it. It's in a stack over here. It's in a database, and we're just gonna slide that into yeah. for the males. Parse it out. Parse it out. For the females. Yeah. Anyhow, I love. I'm a you know I'm a big content creator. I love creating content. Me big too. Fan of it. Me too. So this show. So they have it now. They have it now. And well, let's hope. I would love yeah. to see that. Sounds like a really entertaining yeah. show. It is sort of insane that. I mean, the the balance is so seems so off kilter when it comes to like who we see as our leaders of industry and how few of them. I mean, particularly like in entertainment, yeah. though, it's like egregious how yeah. few women are really represented. The late night thing, I think, is to me, there's so much you can do with the form that isn't being done. There's so many mm-hmm. shows that could be done that aren't being done. It's like why aren't there not just like a show that's hosted by a woman, but like multiple shows? That yeah, are, right. Like, like that as if people thing. don't want to see yeah. like a woman. Talking or something. I, I had a confrontation one time, <laughs> a contentious conversation one time with a booker, mm. someone who books a festival um, and the comedy part of a festival. And yeah. he – the conversation was extremely depressing. I left the conversation and went to my hotel room and sobbed. <laughs> what was that? Can you, um, can you recount the conversation? It was essentially um, him confronting me because I had tweeted about his festival and the female representation over a year prior and I guess he had been hanging on to it mm-hmm. and then when he Just saw waiting. me – Just waiting. He's like, when, the fucking, when Sarah he gets put, here. He, and he ambushed me. He like tricked me into the – he didn't reveal who he was until we really? had made niceties and then he was like, just wanted to let you know. Oh, God. This, these are the worst yeah. situations he just in the wanted world. to let you you know, you're welcome here. You know, I don't have a problem with women. And it's like, oh. I think if you have to say that. Yeah, right. I think if you right. have to say just to let you know I don't have a problem with women. So we get into a conversation. That basically, the point, the the main point he was trying to make, well, the point I was trying to make was, what if next year you just booked half women? Half. And he was nobody like, would, half? Nobody would, come <laughs> to, nobody would come to the festival, yeah, obviously. He, he said, um, he was like, no, that would be morally wrong. What? Morally wrong and wow. unfair to all the talented male comedians out oh, there. Oh yeah. And his point was You know that's but you know yeah. it is fucked up what you're saying. You know, it's like why why are yeah. you trying to hold back the male comedians from succeeding? It's <laughs> well, so Well, I get that response so a wrong. lot. They'll say, "Well, it's not fair to the men." And I'm yeah. like, "Excuse me." Okay, cuz they'll go, "That's a reflection." So if you right. see on a booking um um Twenty percent women, eighteen percent women, and eighty percent men, or whatever the breakdown. It's usually under twenty percent in any kind of booking you see—a festival, a local show, half hours on Comedy Central. Uh, those are the half hour specials they give out every right. year. Um, you've done some. You've done some. Math I've done on this. some very real research because I want to make sure I'm not making it up in my head. Because right. like, I've been at, like, accused. Listen, no, but yeah, they're like no, actually, seventy five percent of our shows. Right, are, I've been accused of being wrong, right. and I'm like, I'm not wrong. Yeah. I've done the research, and so they'll. But the the response you'll get is, well, that's because that's how many women comedians there are doing comedy. Mm-hmm. My gut is telling me that's wrong, so I actually have. Which I'll never reveal it because it would just – people would just attack me and I'm not in the mood for that. But um, well. <laughs> I have a, an Excel sheet that I just keep where I put – every time I find out about a new comedian, I put their name in it. And I, I'm up to maybe 2,400 names now. Male and female. Male and female. And I've got it marked by who's male and who's female. Okay. And it's more. There's more what, female No, no, not comedians? more female. It's more than what those that what ratio percentage? is. What's the percentage? I won't say it because I don't it. want people – because it it's high? not fifty percent. Is it, is it it's high? Between 
it's between 25 and 50. I'll give you that range. Okay. But that's more than what people think. Right. And, and right. it's more than what people think, but I would never give the number because then that would become the new status quo. Right. And oh, well, well, then that, then, as, but then that know, argument would be like sound. You could use it anytime you want. You've actually done – you've actually – you should get rid of that, that Excel sheet right now <laughs> because like the argument is then if like the number is there, people go like, well, look, you know the numbers. Only 30 percent of but, com- all comedians are women, so I can only book so many. But 30 percent isn't – um, what is the opportunity is less than thirty percent. Right. So, like that's my point is, and this, they they made the same argument about female directors being like, well, there just aren't any. Yeah, and it's like that's not true. Well, that's the easiest and, argument to and make. And the less the less opportunity you give, the less women sign up for this. Right. And that's why that picture upset the, me so much as well because it was like there is a point where where yes, there is there are fewer choices to make in that like whatever area that you're trying to like yeah. if you're trying to diversify but like then the, the, it's not like oh so just like keep doing the same thing it's like well then you recognize a problem because like there aren't fewer women on the planet there's like it's more than half right and so it's like so logically if we really like figure yeah. this out like we should be encouraging more of this because then it will be more even and then we won't have to have these stupid fucking conversations right. about right. like there aren't enough female comedians to book right. this you know there are plenty festival. there are plenty and i'm if, sure there'd be if, more than if, enough active female comedians to book there are 50%. so many and if you don't if you're a booker and you and your your show um or whatever it is that you book is very low on the female scale. You aren't doing your job, right? And that's very frustrating. What but a, what a, I'm you know. just thinking of this guy. But he sounds like a total creep. Like yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Like that entrapment situation where you're like, oh, it, hey, and then he's I like, sent him an email afterwards because I was I didn't get flustered. I got a classic, little classic woman. I know. I sent him an email afterwards <laughs> because I wanted on in writing very clearly my point. Yeah. To get to him, right. he never responded. Well, of course, that's the you, you know, and response. it's just like, dude. So, but, so this actually segues nicely, and we don't have a ton of time, but I do want to talk yeah. about this a little bit. So you've you've dealt with some online harassment. Yeah. I mean, you're a woman on the internet, so it's by it default ha- yes, you've dealt with online harassment. But you're yeah. also, you know, you have followers on Twitter. You have people who are paying attention to your career. You're doing things on TV. So you've got people who are not. Most people have their networks of people. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same thing. You've got your network of like friends and family. And those are real human beings that you talk to yeah. on a regular basis. And then you've got like people who you don't know at all. You may never ever meet. And they're just like floating out there in the ether. So you – like I've recently seen you like having – because you'll just like tweet something about like mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And people do not respond well on the internet to no. um, fact, the truth bombs. No. Like the ones that you're laughing. Especially so, if you're trying – if you're just being like sarcastic or clever about it in any way, that really – Really bothers them. <laughs> so what's the so what is the so what are the things that you what are the things that you find yourself like talking about publicly that are like the most controversial in terms of like your broader audience? Um, I, I'm comparing I, notes. Yeah. I I, so I and I actually just started being more bold with this stuff because I was just like I'm just becoming more passionate about things and I don't care anymore. I used to be very afraid to speak up about stuff because every time I did, I would get some sort of negative you know, unpleasant interaction going. Right. And that's then how, that's I, how they get or it. I would worry about other comedians, like what they would think of me. Yeah. You know, now I just don't give a fuck. So um the things that are the most hot button are abortion, mm-hmm. um anything political. Yeah, anything political. Anything political. Just, and then anything feminist. And and mm-hmm. then beyond that, as a woman on the online, I find this to be true. If anything, any opinion about music TV, what I'm doing with my life, my relationship with social media. I'm telling you, it is – I never I, – I get a response from a man, at least one. Yeah. That is um, mansplaining or crit- critical 
or condescending. I mean, it's insane. You know, everything. I'm not typically harassed. So I have no – I think one of the things that's really true for most men who are on the internet and you should do yourself a favor and try to get harassed on the internet. <laughs> because like I – you know, listen, I say things that are annoying to people and I get people who tweet at me and they're like, fuck you, you're an idiot or, you know – commie bastard every once in a while but it's like such normal internet harassment an annoyed person in comments it's not like even personal it's like you're just like a dumb person who sucks but then um, so I recently tweeted something about guns an Mm anti-gun message that a lot of people didn't like and it got picked up by some like weird libertarian psychos with a lot of followers and the response was I will I can honestly say one of the most awful 24 hours of my in like on my online existence, yeah. but also like it gave me a window into like I suddenly realized like I got I understood why Gamergate was so fucked up, and I understand completely like intellectually how it must suck for women on the internet. You can imagine, yeah. It. But then like when you see like what real harassment looks like when people are yeah. like really vile, yeah. It's like you get a totally different. I recommend if you're a man, like say something controversial. <laughs> if you have anybody who's following you and see the yeah. responses to it, but I assume like for you, that's like every day because these are people who are all seemingly like only politically motivated, who are There's, like filled I, with I, hatred. I kind of parse it into two things. There's one that's you know, yeah, I know if I'm going to tweet about gun control, about politics, about abortion, I'm going to get a, a nut. A nut. Who doesn't yeah. follow me? Yeah. coming at me. Yeah, and potentially threatening me or saying something really insulting. Usually, they usually moves very quickly to a threat yeah. within like five steps. Um, but what I find to be the most insidious and the most frustrating for me, aside from when I'm at, if I'm actually threatened by, I had like a cyber stalker at one point. Oh, that really? was the worst I've ever dealt really? with. Um, and it was someone from my real life, which was oh. w- it was terrifying. I like was Ugh. worried for my safety oh my for God. a while, but um, it. It's over now and it was figured out. <laughs> it was it. a prank. I no, it was not a prank. <laughs> it was for a show, actually. Um, it was really scary. But, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. But, um, I, and I one time I I had like a brush with 4chan and it, it really yeah. scared me and it made yeah. me go crazy well, with those, my security. And, the, like, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of connectivity yeah. between like the 4chan yeah. mindset and like the mindset of these like, Yes, they're, they're all connected. Whatever they are. Um, and then um, – but to me, on a day-to-day basis, the most frustrating, the most irritating – this is the hardest to explain because it's easy to say to someone, can you imagine if someone said like, I'm going to shoot you? Yeah. That's scary. Someone just said that to me. Yeah. I several saw your, people, I saw several people actually yeah. said it to me. That's but, scary. Or um, wished that I would get curved right, or right, right. You know, whatever. You know, Any variety the whole, of horrible like, things. The whole like, I hope you get raped. Yeah. They don't understand that's a rape threat. But um, the okay, most – people are the worst. I know. <laughs> they really are. The most frustrating part is, is – and this is trying to explain this to people – is a regular guy who considers himself intelligent oh, yeah. um, and not having a problem with women coming at you and condescending to you. Like I posted a thing recently of a, a mean message I got on Facebook and I screen grabbed it and posted it. And, that, what did it say? Um, it was, you seem like a, a a stupid liberal and you have no comedic ability, abilities at all or something like that. And I responded like, yes, I might have different political beliefs as you, but I – I have I make a living off of comedy, so right. I do have abilities. There's Unfortunately, some... <laughs> comedy is subjective. I like that. And You're I'm... like, there's some verification that yeah. my comedy thing, is, just despite sort of, my beliefs, like very straightforward. But it, there was some con- there was some I was being you know a little bit condescending. Sure, it's very annoying. But the responses I got to that frustrated me so much because this guy starts coming at me like, you should read a book. 
uh, instead of wasting your time on this. And I, my response was, you mean the conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm wasting your time responding to an internet hater. Right. And I said, you don't understand that I get crap like this all day long. You know, I can't do anything on the internet without being right. Right. You know, talked to this way, and then all these other guys start piling on like. Well, men get it too, and da 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 da. It's true. And, you know, I just, I just experienced like, it. Men Sarah. do get it too, but like, and but not kept, with everything they say. They kept. Sometimes proving. I'm just like, I'm having a sandwich, yeah. and people are like, "Cool, I like sandwiches." You'd be yeah. like, "I'm having a sandwich." People are like, "You fucking woman, yeah. always eating sandwiches." Dismissing the, my experience <laughs> that I'm speaking to on my social media, and like, you know, and yeah. and just getting to the point where they were just proving my point over and over again, and finally, yeah. I posted. A Venn diagram that was just – and I may not have done it correctly because I'm not a fucking mathematician. But Uh it was a joke. I drew a Venn diagram. It was just two circles right on top of each other Uh where there was no (laughs) separation. I said tweets that – Tweets by women and tweets that men must respond to. And I was joking. No, that's that, right. Like, they feel they must respond that's to That's right everything. because a Venn diagram yeah. would be like <laughs> – Two separate circles it with will an be, It would be three things, right? <laughs> it would be like – this thing over here, this thing over here, and then the thing that is like where they overlap. The intersection. But and I had both actually, circles. Actually, maybe I don't really know how to do a proper yeah, Venn diagram I, I, either. So I did that. And most people – it was getting a lot of pickup. People were laughing. Sure. And then I get a direct message from a guy I know. Mansplaining. This, <laughs> guy this long description, like such a nerdy description yeah. – of what a Venn diagram is and correcting my Venn diagram. And I was like, every time I think it's over, yeah, but it's you get, just but never It's like you ends. get the point, right? Like even <laughs> if the Venn diagram wasn't perfect, you do understand what I meant by it. The meaning right. of that is like right. pretty clear. Right. Anything I fucking say, somebody has to say some shit about. Like yes. that's the meaning yeah. of it. Yeah, and Which it, is, you know, it's, it's, insane. You know, I'll get responses. Well, that's everybody on the internet. I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. Almost no women are responding to me right. in this way. Oh, no. I mean, this if is, they it's, respond, it's a fave or it's a like, hell yeah. Or it's like, or, or in like normal conversation. Or they're just like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, or, or, well, for me, it's this. Men don't understand, like. No, it's, it's, there is a. Not all men, not all men. No, all men. All men. <laughs> all men are terrible. No, I mean, we are, listen, I mean, we, 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 we are living in a society where we've been trained to basically be terrible. It's not everybody's <laughs> fault. I mean, like, you can't, like, blame. Every man for having learned a bunch of really bad habits, you can only blame them for not trying to correct their bad habits. And it's like staggering how – to me, it's like fucking Twitter, right? Like I love Mm. Twitter. I think Twitter is this awesome – you can be really funny on it. It's a weird place to have a Mm -hmm. conversation. You have like – you can talk to really diverse people. You learn a lot. I have learned so much on Twitter. Totally. It's an awesome service except – when it comes time for like you to manage your interactions with people, there's no way – to like, I was like, just let me block all the people who follow this di- this dick who retweeted me. Thing, just yeah. let me un- let me un- like block those people so they I, I actually don't have to see you. Because like, listen, the world is really big. There's yeah. billions of people on it. Most of them I probably wouldn't get along with. I mean, yeah. the reality is like, I'm yeah. not that easy to get along with. I have very extreme viewpoints. Yeah. So I'm sure they probably don't like what I have to say. But it's like, then fine. Like, I don't need to interact with them. Like, I'm psyched that I could if I wanted to. There's no – I was actually saying when I was getting these, like, gun nuts harassing me. And it was, like, totally fucking harassment. I can yeah. only imagine what you get every day. What's – how do you fix it? Nope. Yeah, you can change people's minds in, like, maybe 100 years. People will act nicer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know that I have learned – you know, like, for instance, on issues of race, you know, because as a white person, I've learned by watching some of these interactions yeah. on Twitter, I have learned 
about some of my own misconceptions. Yeah, you're racist. Like, you didn't realize yeah. how racist you were. <laughs> well, and like I'm part of a system and like, you know, now I know if I was confronted with um, this issue, I would never respond in this way. And I feel right. very educated by seeing how people stand up for themselves, yeah. especially women. Like I've been very inspired by a lot of women on Twitter being like, I will not back down. Yeah. And I will call you out when I feel like it. Yeah. And that's the misconception I think that really irritates me is like when a woman is taking a, a dude down, there, she always gets like, just ignore the trolls. It's like, you don't yeah. understand. I just picked this one dude as an example. Yeah. Like I'm not responding. I'm living my life here. We've been ignoring the trolls. It's not getting better. It's well, actually getting worse. the trolls are like shooting people. Yeah. Like, no, I, exactly. You know, it's like- no, it's like this dude in Oregon is definitely like – a version of the kind of like aggressive person you see on the internet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like my tweet was so my tweet about this. Sorry to keep coming back to this. But no, it's, no. My, my tweet was like, if you don't think we need stronger gun laws, like you're not just like wrong. Like I think you're kind of bad. Like I think if you don't recognize that, right. when you, you know, uh, that's when you get the strongest reaction. If you say anything, uh, I'm sure. Like, so like a, you say you're bad for eating animals or something. Like people yeah. go fucking ballistic. I wouldn't. Say I've that. said that. I said that. Um, people who one time I said that people who unfollowed me because I was tweeting a lot about the Mike um, Brown case in Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, Good. Unfollow me. It helps me weed out the idiots. That is true. And people were like, don't call people idiots. It's a di- wait, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but oh that's my their God. little that's their little way in to begin like the assault on yeah, you. Like you attacked me. So yeah, I right. Get to it's like it's like no, back. actually, I said something broad, like broadly about yeah. what I thought about people who like didn't agree, yeah. which is a which is scientifically proven. <laughs> if if you have stronger gun laws and fewer guns, the fewer people die from guns. It's like a scientific fact. Right. There's no way around <laughs> it. Countries that have fewer guns or don't allow them have fewer gun deaths. And people are like they start saying crazy things and comparing things. Like women were tweeting like hardcore like libertarian yeah. right wing they were like you're trying to tell me you're going to take my gun away so i can't protect myself from getting raped and i'm like oh, well it's so crazy and i i basically i read an article that i don't remember where it was or what it was and i'm totally I'm that's not the internet paraphrasing it very <laughs> it was correctly. on the internet yeah it was on the internet um and it was saying how we live in an era where people believe that their opinion just because it's an, they have an opinion that means it's fact yeah and it's like no you're you are entitled to your opinion but your opinion could be based on on something that's not true. Right. And so you are wrong for you backing and you, and you that. you don't know it. And yeah. you don't know it. Yeah. You're yeah. actually well, – no, you I mean, are wrong. I mean but it's the kind of thing <laughs> – you, know? you know, it's the kind of thing I actually feel like the people who are like the worst, craziest like fanatics, not just about guns, about anything. Yeah. The internet has given them this perfect – like they have this perfect armor where they can just like pick and choose whatever facts oh, yeah. fit their yeah. narrative. And they're like, no, actually, there's this guy, scientist over here has proven that dinosaurs were around a thousand years ago or whatever. Anyhow. Oh, okay, there's always so, something. I mean, OK. Yeah. So really quickly – because we have to wrap up, yeah. unfortunately. I think we could probably talk about harassment. I just want to vent to somebody who's been harassed oh, because I, I was harassed. So I want to ask you a couple quick – I'm going to ask you a couple rapid-fire yeah, questions. Yeah. So you talk about a Go bunch of things in your, in your, uh, in your album. Um, so you were very religious. Are you still very religious? Um, no. Um, you got a, You have a lower back tattoo. This is what at least I you do. claim. I haven't yeah, seen it. I you do. have a lower back tattoo <laughs> of a butterfly. I got it when I was 18 as a symbol of my love for Christ. Yeah. Jesus, I was Jesus Christ. A big old Christian growing up. Yeah. <laughs> you were. You were raised uh, Baptist? Southern Baptist yeah. in Virginia. Okay. And um, I, I'm actually working on an essay right now about Jesus. It's like a letter to Jesus. Like, because I get, especially with this abortion stuff, the stuff I got yeah. from religious people really upset me because I just was taught different. And I, I don't know if it was just the people I was around, but like, I ended up leaving the church because. I couldn't handle the way that people scapegoated 
the message for political reasons and for fear, like use Jesus as a, as a weapon right. against that which they fear. And, you know, I, I for me, I don't I never literally believed in the Bible, even when I was like a kid. I You're remember like, yeah, thinking funny this is a metaphor. Yeah. Like, And I was interested in the meat of it. I was right. interested in love. Right. And I've always been very interested in love and like it's so pure and like that is what it represented me. So I'm a, I'm a pretty spiritual person, but I'm I can't I just every time I get a ta- I every time I tiptoe back towards any kind of organized religion, something um, almost immediately happens that reminds me why I can't be a part of it. How do you feel about the pope? I'm glad he's like trying <laughs> to do some stuff. Yeah, it's like he's um, a better pope than any other. He's pope. better pope, but he's not cool pope. Which he's is like still saying, pope. Yeah, you know, and like, all the and all, there's so much. That's the know, thing people like, forget. They're like, he's he's, he's still the cool, pope. He's a cooler pope, but he but, still does yeah, a bunch of pope it, stuff. It's it's encouraging yeah. because it means we are changing as a as a as a species. That's true. You know, I, I I'm, I'm a hopeful person, even though I get very depressed. About yeah, I would a lot imagine. Of stuff. That's I'm actually I'm a very good. hopeful person that there are changes happening. See, I am too. I feel like it's all yeah. going to work out. We got to do something about this online harassment. <laughs> um, all right, one other one other quick thing, and then I, and then I'll let, I will let you out of here because I know yeah. you have to go. Actually, we're a little bit over. Um, you were married. Yeah. What, when did you get married? In 2005. You were how old when you got married? I was 27, 20%. but I I started age. dating him when I was 19. Oh. So I was with him for 10 years. Yeah. He was my first boyfriend. He was your first boyfriend, and then you never ended that, and then you got married. I mean, you didn't, I didn't stop being I didn't his sew any girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So you guys were together we for were how together long? We were together for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. And then you got divorced. Yeah. Um, you talk a lot about sex, <laughs> yeah. like, on your show. I do. Is that – was that yeah. – was that always something that you, as a comedian, was that always something that you did that you were comfortable with, where you were able no. to like get up on stage and talk about, oh, like very personal? Uh, yes, I actually. Uh, it's easiest for me to be incredibly personal on stage in some ways, but it's also very challenging because um, if they don't laugh, they're like rejecting you as a person, right? And they're rejecting your soul right. and your truth. <laughs> well, it's um, weird that you. It's weird that like yeah. you you choose to couch like very personal things in a way that like the required response is a laugh yeah i mean it, well, i'm sure there's some like deeper psychology yeah yeah it. but i think um uh i the trick has been learning how to mix my very intimate storytelling with like a lighter fare yeah um which so that, you definitely do <laughs> yeah uh i don't when i was with him i didn't talk about my relationship at all on stage so my right. entire education and comedy was devoid of relationship jokes, mm-hmm. which kind of, I think, ended up making me unique because I think relationship jokes or dating jokes are, yeah, it's kind of easy. are easy fare. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, I mean, you can, I mean, there's only so many premises in the world and right. I have no problem with, it's like people there's no hacky love premise, there's just a hacky punchline. Right. So to me, um, when I got divorced and I was talking about what I was going through, it was very liberating, but... Um, it was a window, yeah. and now I'm in a long term relationship again. So I'm like, I, and I. So just, you're back to not talking about your relationship. I have one joke. I've been with him for five years, and I just started telling a joke about my boyfriend. So can you tell me? You don't have to tell the joke, <laughs> obviously, but what is the? It's what about area it's of... about the way he plays video games. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's does like, he wear? Does he have a headset? Does he? Yeah, do like... and I, the thing I was hearing from the other room was just him going, "Sorry, oh dang it, sorry, man." <laughs> 
was like, what game are you playing? <laughs> what, what is the yeah. game? What's happening? <laughs> it's, I have, I won't reveal the punchline. Yeah, please but, don't. But, that sounds uh, great. But right? what he's apologizing for is when he accidentally kills a, a, a fellow soldier. <laughs> like friendly fire. I had, <laughs> I had like one, one period where. I didn't even where, know you could talk to people while yeah, you were yeah, playing yeah. video. Yeah, like I had one period where. Like in 2008 or seven, like I had a friend who was like, guys, let's all play Call of Duty. Who He was like really into it. I remember it's like a really depressing moment. My wife, Laura, was like would always sit and watch me play video games or mm-hmm. she'd be like reading or doing something like really edifying mm-hmm. and I'd be playing video games. Mm-hmm. And she was like the, the night that I did it for the first time. It's like I went and got like the headset <laughs> out of the box that like I'd never used and the – she like relentlessly made fun of. I mean, it was like all oh, nothing but like, do you want fries with that jokes? I mean, like basically shame me from ever pl- playing in that way again. Although yeah. I have to say, I don't like gaming with other people. I feel like it's a I weird it experience. Not, my my boyfriend plays mainly with his cousin okay. and my brother. It's a and more it sounds of a like family he's not, affair. He's not very good. <laughs> That's basically. what I'm like. You're good as for <laughs> yeah, as like much as you play. If you have to apologize a lot, you're maybe not that great at the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a great place to end it. Sarah, yeah. thank you for thank coming you. here. This and is so nice. This is a lot of fun. And you have to – this show, I have a good feeling about it. And when Fingers it gets – inevitably gets picked up and yeah. then you become very rich and famous. Mm-hmm. But you have to come back and talk about like the oh, show yeah. and all the stuff that you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I have mobilized an army of 4chaners to terrorize them in every way humanly possible. 